0: So is over the am so
1: Hello, you're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is the Winter 2019 Anime Season Reviews Part 3, and the final one. We're finally done. (laughs) Finally done with the winter season. Uh, But yes, we have a slew of new titles to kind of run through here. We have Hinamaru Sumo we have Pastel Memories, My Roommate is a Cat, Sword Art Online Alicization or also known as Ex Girlfriend, The Quintessential Quintuplets and Date A Live Season 3 as well as we'll be going through some mid-season discussion about The Rising of the Shield Hero, Kak- uh, Karakuri Circus and Dororo. So,
2: oh, you revealed the 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 secret show that that we were just dumping in here. What's the secret show that I'm dumping in here? Date A Live. Oh, we promised that we were going to watch it on the forums. Somebody uh, somebody said, hey, why didn't you do Day Day Live? And I said, well, it, we just, it, we
1: were going to wa- no, no, watch I'm going to watch it. The secret <laughs> thing that I would be revealing is that it's not going to be just a review of season three. It's going to be Andrew's of review of season one <laughs> and two and then a season three because Andrew has finally jumped into Day Day Live with this season. So I was kind of like, I have like three shows that I kind of want to watch, even though I technically watched two of them still in the end. Uh, it was a very busy week for us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, but I can dump like two of them and get caught up on Day Day Live because I'm like, I just really want to watch it was, here. It was it was funny because Day Day Live, I, I said, yeah,
2: go ahead and watch the Day Day Live. And then after, while he was watching Day Day Live, I went ahead and caught up on uh, Roommate as a Cat. And I'm like, if you get done, you should probably go watch this.
1: (laughs) Like, damn. But yeah, it all all comes together in the end. I just, a lot of binging. That's all. Hopefully Uh, I won't let myself get to this point. Like I did last season. I just craziness. Yeah. You got, uh, you, you kind of backloaded a lot of, a lot of shows. So he ended up watching another show, but he said he wasn't really too invested and he didn't want to talk about it. It didn't work that much. It's, it's fine. So he did watch even another show. So he, He's doing good this, this this particular part. Anyways, uh, we have lots to go through. Again, we're at TakuSpray.com. You can go there for our anime, new and old. Great community form link's top. Social media link's on the right side. And all that good stuff. Definitely get in contact with us. Hit me up on social media. It's fine. So, yeah, let's jump into it because we have a lot to go through. Hopefully, some of the stuff will have some good discussions. It does kind of feel like the leftovers, but there are some in here that I think are... You shouldn't really kind of discount it. So, keep that in mind. First one we have is the final completion of Hinamaru Sumo, which ran for 24 episodes. The Japanese title is Hinamaru Zumo. I don't know. Yes, it ran on Crunchyroll, done by studio Gonzo. The source is a manga, and the genres are martial arts, shonen, and sports. And this one follows a guy named Ushio Hinamaru, and Hinamaru is a big, avid fan of sumo wrestling, and he is going to a new school, and kind of has a whole scenario where he was he goes to this one school. He thinks it's the school he's supposed to be in. He sees a, a little ring in there that he uh, wants to kind of compete in. Kind of find out this ring that was kind of created on the side by the school's sumo wrestling club member, which is uh, Shinya, uh, it was made there because a bunch of bullies took over the actual club room. So Hinamaru kind of challenges uh, the guy, the the main leader of the bullies, and gets the the club room back for him, and then kind of goes, oh, by the way, this is not my school leaves but then he kind of find out he transfers there because he thought Shinya was you know very uh, passionate about Sumo and so they make a little Sumo club and start getting members in and eventually go off to compete and the whole kind of backstory behind this entire thing is that uh, Ushio is technically a very short guy and to compete in pro wrestling you have to be a certain height. So, his whole thing, and it's kind of the crux of the story itself, is them competing to try to get uh, to win in the prefectures in this particular uh, scenario so that he can be automatically drafted into pros. And um, that's the only way he can get in there because of his height. So, it kind of has some weight bearing behind uh, their competitions. There's something uh, kind of at risk there. So. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we have Ushio uh, Hinamaru, he is the main character. Uh, has been working to uh, get into wrestling his entire life, trying to overcome his, his not being a joke here, his shortcomings. <laughs> uh, we have Chihiro, who is pretty much a big fan of uh, kind of pro wrestling and um, his introduction there. K, who is kind of a guy that uh, was inspired by Ushio and wants to become uh, a wrestler as well, a sumo wrestler. But uh, unfortunately, he's a very... Uh, thin lacking muscle guy. <laughs> uh Shinya who again was the club leader and uh Yuma who is was the the bully leader. So yeah. And of course their their coach who is uh Kiri Kiri Kirihito who was a friend of Ushio who is kind of a just very, very knowledgeable in uh techniques and observing what people do. So that's kind of their their whole team there. So yeah, um, what did what did you, what was your thoughts on Hinamaro Sumo? I
2: um I I really liked it. Uh, I I think that it it pulled off as it pulled off the underdog story really well, and it it does get kind of lost in the in in the latter parts when it becomes more about see
1: lots of characters yeah
2: there's a lot of characters and and it the the problem is, is it's trying really hard to balance um the story and 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 th- this is the 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 tidbit about uh uh sports shows that really at least for me and, and maybe to, i know it's different for lots of different people everybody has their own way of loving their sports shows um and one of the things that i have really learned that i when when i do when a sports show really kicks off for me it's 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 really about talking about a, a character's struggle and then showing the opponent's struggle as well and balancing that with the sport itself so it really becomes a character study on each one of these characters. What What's is the their... point of
1: composition if you don't care about who wins?
2: Exactly, <laughs> and 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 if if it does it well, you'll really be pulling for both the opponents and the main characters. You'll you'll be pulling for both of them, and it won't matter if they win or lose. It, it does doesn't matter. What you want to see is these two people go together, have it out, and somebody ultimately win. It doesn't matter who, and this one. It tried so hard to pull that off, but the problem is, is that it comes into a kind of an intersection because you have two teams effectively, and each team has they're trying to balance every one of the characters' uh, development over the course of that that match, all at the same time, and you you get you get bombarded with. Um, both teams and even though you've gone over your team like three times you're still being bombarded with their their stuff as well so you're you're going back and forth between these two teams and you kind of get lost in in that and you it ultimately kind of fell flat towards the latter part when you're getting into the uh the ultimate tournament now don't don't mean that doesn't mean that when you see your main characters when they're playing, it still is. Especially Ushio. he just pulls <laughs> off every some... competition he did was awesome. <laughs> he does wonderful. Um, K surprisingly became a really cool little uh, story. Ultimately, um, some of the some of the prior tournaments, a couple of the other characters really pulled off their stuff. It just. So overall, I really did have a lot of fun. It's it's one of those that just above the the mid tier. I, I I it's not one of my it's not my favorite sports show, but it is really really was a lot of fun.
1: That's that's kind of where I stand. What what happened with me was that the early the first core was excellent. I I, I was really surprised because I it's very hard for me to get into a lot of these sports shows, and I was really kind of invested in it right off the bat because I'm like I. I kind of am interested to see a story done about sumo wrestling. And, again, we kind of mentioned before, Ushio was like this character that was kind of addicting. You he, he wanted to kind of see him overcome things. He's got this he's got this really driving passion. He has been training himself night and day beforehand. You got this kind of, you know, side glimpse of this kind of desire to, to do something for his mother. And that was something you can kind of back behind. And each time he brought another character to the team, I was invested in each one of them. I was like, okay, cool, a pro wrestler that wants to be a sumo wrestler, that's kind of interesting. Uh, a guy that studied karate, and he's a, a this thug character, kind of getting redemption, trying to, you know, learn uh, sumo wrestling at the same time. Uh, Shinya's passion for, that kind of rivals Ushio. Uh, Kay, like you mentioned before, having this very dinky body, trying to you know, stand up people to these big, huge people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of the kind of uh, upsetting things about the series, though, is you have like a lot of people that are like, they're in what grade? <laughs> 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 this guy looks like he's 30. <laughs> so there's a little bit weirdness in the in the body types and how tall they are and stuff. But uh, you kind of just go along with it. But no, I, I really enjoyed each of the characters. They're kind of bringing in the fold. Even even their, their coach, he had a cool little kind of story that was with it as well but i was really invested in all these characters and every match was just i was engaged and i wanted to see what they would pull off to kind of overcome the other person and even though there's a lot of kind of uh shorts uh, shortcuts they take with these constant kind of steals it still had the kind of veracity in there the 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 strength and everything was still in there the the sound the the slapping noises it was kind of all working together kind of to to kind of hide uh the lack of animation because it was still the the gusto was still there and that was something that was I was engaged with the entire thing. I was interested to see where they would go if they would get Ushio to where he wanted to go. But yeah, like you, I kind of it, it kind of petered off in in the later parts of the second core because it just it seemed like there were there was some matches again. Uh, pretty much every Ushio match uh, loved uh, Yuma's matches toward a later part. Uh, they all had these really cool matches, but there was just too many characters they were trying to pull in that they were going against. And I was telling him it has that kind of syndrome of, okay, now Chihiro is going to go and fight this other guy. And then they 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 lock hands or whatever, and they start you know going at each other. And then suddenly drop off. Let's see this person's backstory and see why, if Chihiro beats him, it's going to be a sad thing. <laughs> it's like, but I just met this guy. Why do I need his entire backstory in the middle of this match? I want to see the match. And that was the struggle that I was having every single match. Another backstory, another match, another backstory. And it's like, tell me the backstory and then do the match or something. Switch it up a little bit. Um, that was my struggle towards the later parts. It was just like I half the time I didn't recognize the people. I'm trying to figure out why why I care about this person. And that was a, that was the kind of the the struggle point that I had for the later parts of it. But I, I do think that the later match fights was like okay, you have these. That was particularly two rivals that they had throughout the entire story. that They finally got into, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! I, I just, I'm, I cannot wait for this fight to happen." And it's happening, and I'm just engaged in it. And I think it had a really solid conclusion to it. I, it, it's, it did feel like it was rushing in the last episode to kind of tell everything. Like, oh, by the way, and this happens, this happens, and it was trying to give a little quick after story but i still think it pulled it off well enough it was it was a solid conclusion to it it gave me enough that i wanted yeah i would love to you know go into more stuff in the future that they obviously alluded to but as it stands now i think it was a it was a solid support show overall that i actually enjoyed uh, i just think that 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 second half had a lot of um, just very kind of i don't care about this situation kind of things going on with it with the matches so and it was it was hitting matches one after another, and it wasn't really giving the characters enough time to kind of reflect on what was happening. So, yeah, I think it I think it was a, a pretty solid sports show in the end. So, yeah, yeah, that's 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 Hinamaro Sumo. Check that out if you are into sumo wrestling or like sports shows, because you probably would get something out of that one. So. All right, moving on to a show that I watched, which was Pastel Memories. This one streamed on High Dive and Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, done by Studio Project Number 9. The source is a game, and the genres are action, sci-fi, and adventure. And this one takes place in a cafe in the middle of um, Akihabara. And uh, the weird thing about this particular setting in modern times is that Akihabara is... Pretty much dying like there's no there's no otaku culture there anymore it seems like it's kind of dying away nobody cares about it anymore uh, but there's this little cafe and these girls kind of go there and they work and uh, they just have little bookshelves with different manga and they just kind of they love that particular medium and try to get people interested in it and the kind of weird twist that it quickly jumps into with the first episode is that all these girls seem to be magical girls in some way and they kind of notice corruption happening with different source materials, like, say, a manga uh, about a certain story, they'll see it kind of have a, this shadow infection happening to it, and they can travel to that world, fight the corruption that's happening in that world, and it will restore people's memories of that particular story. And that's the kind of the thing that's ca- happening to the real world, is that people are forgetting about these shows because this corruption is happening. So, each episode, they jump into different stories and different genres and mediums and try to fight the corruptions and the entire time uh, Jesse from Jesse and, or James from Jesse no, J- Jesse from Jesse and James <laughs> I just want to call her that because she pops up and fights them and then flies away into the blinking light every episode so yeah now, this, this kind of this is one of those ones where it was kind of like I, there's this one thing this, this one thing I like about it like I don't like the art style uh, at least the models they're, they're never on model they're constantly wonky um, it's very just not well done animation wise uh it, it has way too many characters i mean the, literally the cafe has like 12 girls that work there we were kind of joking about the fact that who the hell manages this place and how can they pay all these girls when there's nobody coming to this cafe because <laughs> um, this whole entire district is just empty but yet they can manage to pay uh, maybe they're not being paid maybe that's what it is that could that could possibly be it uh, so, yeah, they, they, there's too many characters. There's not enough time to really kind of get into any of their, their... I mean, yeah, you have these basic archetypes that are on them, but there's not there's not much room for character development themselves. There was maybe one or two characters that had what I would deem as being enough significant character development throughout the entire series. Well, the, the kind of thing that was just kind of... De- one little nugget that was in there was their, their parodies that they were doing because, of course, they're going to these different worlds, and they're not really named those worlds, or the characters' names are different. Um, but there's ob- there's obviously cues there to what they're actually spoofing. Early on, we were joking about the whole thing with Izzy Order Rabbit. They went to the Izzy Order Rabbit world, and everybody's you know obsessed with eels, and everybody's just colored as eels. And Rosen made an episode yeah, they after took, that. They one. took
2: the katakana for usagi and changed it into uh, the 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 word is it changes from usagi to eel, which is only
1: like a letter difference or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing that we're kind of doing. And it, we did, we did the Israel or rabbits, Rosen Maiden. It was like, okay, those were really fun little moments. I'm not sure if there was, it was enough screen time for that parody element because the rest of it was kind of enveloped in the girls at the cafe, and the other part of it was the the fighting, the the corruptions. But I'm like, but there's still that, those little parody moments were fun. I mean, we, we enjoyed the is rabbit and we, we laughed about the rose and maiden. So I'm like, I'm just going to watch it to try to find those moments and see if it can keep pulling that off. And I, I I can't say that they really ever had that much time devoted to them. I mean, when we did the, when they did the is rabbit segment, it was, it was like 10, 15 minutes of the episode was just on joking about that element Whereas it seemed like the other ep- – every time it went into another world, it seemed like they were kind of cutting back time that was actually spent joking about that, what they were parroting, and more on just the characters fighting the bad guy and stuff. And that was the thing that kind of – even though I wanted to invest to find those, it was like, but you're giving me less and less of it. So I ended up turning into one of those things where I'm, just, I'm like, here, Chris, this is a funny part where it's parroting this. And that was it. It was like a little five-second clip. And I'm like – and And I, I joked him. I'm like,' it's, it's so funny because thing- I caught I caught the reference like that. It was <laughs> it was uh
2: one of the girls w- started doing a Dempsey role, roll. I was like, they're oh, totally yeah. doing
1: uh, uh, Haji Minoifo and he's like, yep. <laughs> but then I turned around and I said, the the sad thing is though, is like this these little segments I'm showing you is the only fun parts of the entire show. like these little five second clips of each episode. I'm like that was the laugh that I got out of it. So it's like, the entire show is, like, not really engaging me that much. The characters are cute. I do I do love the art style for the combat suits they have. It's very kind of steampunk looking. But the parody moments, is like they kept getting less and less. But there was these small little moments, and I'd laugh. And I'm like, oh, that was fine. Why didn't you do more of that? Uh, there was an episode where it kind of goes into this. They're in this town area, and it's Akihabara, and... And suddenly a big monster shows up, and suddenly everything starts getting closed up, and you can hear doom, doom, doom. And of course, it's a different beat to it, but it's the Evangelion song. And I'm like, oh, it's the Evangelion <laughs> song, just kind of a little different. And they have Gundam suits popping up, and uh, all that kind of stuff is 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 fun when I when it happens, and it's like cool, that was funny. And then it just it never does anything with it again. And that was the that was the sad thing about it was that it had this great potential to pull off really great little uh, spoofs of different things. It just never stuck with it. Rio's Work Never Done, they did that one. Uh, they even did the the, the Lolly basketball show, uh, Um Food Wars, they did a joke thing on... Uh, the ones that they kind of stuck with a lot was the Dating Sim episode and the JRPG episode. That was kind of the entire episode was that. And those are probably the best ones just because that was the main focus of it, was the, the jokeness of those two particular genres. Um, but everything else was kind of just little, little snippets. They even did Hamtara, which was kind of off the wall, I didn't really expect that <laughs> uh, but yeah I I don't know it, it's it's one of those shows where I, I think if you have a little bit of spare time and like parodies you might flip through it and find those little moments and kind of get a little laugh out of it but it, it as a show as a whole just wasn't enough there the characters were just too many um, but it was, it was it wasn't a total waste in my opinion but just wasn't as much as I wanted to get so yeah, that's um, that's pastel memories. If any of that sounds interesting, definitely did I ever check tell it. you that
2: the Dempsey Roll scene was the reason why I went to go and look up Hajime no Epo. Mm, I, I think seen it. So. I seen a clip of it, and I was like, "What the heck is this show? <laughs> it looks so cool!" And I finally, I went out and and and
1: researched it. Found out it was Hajime no Epo and that's
2: why I ended up into it. Oh, cool, cool, cool.
1: Let's uh, see so here. We have the next one. We have is My Roommate is a Cat, or oh my gosh, Dokyo Nin wa Hiza uh, Tokidoki Atama no Ue. this one's streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, done by Studio Zero G. The source is a web manga. The genres are slice of life comedy. And this one follows a guy, a writer named Subaru uh, Mikazuki. And we kind of find out really quickly that his parents have passed away. And he lives alone, and he is a novelist. He writes books. He has an editor, and he's trying to find inspiration while also kind of, you know, being pretty much a shut-in. So every time his editor would try to take him out, he'd be very uncomfortable around people. Uh, He just wants to go home, read his books, write his books. And um, at some point, he's going to visit his parents' grave, and suddenly a cat shows up, and this cat, you know, takes a liking to him, or he takes his cat home. And starts living with the cat. And over time he's kind of finding inspiration through this cat to write a novel about a assassin cat. <laughs> was it an assassin? I thought it was a detective cat. It was a, maybe the second one he wanted to do was cat. Or he was thinking of doing an assassin cat. I don't, know. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, I think it was a detective a detective cat. Anyways, um he's he quite over time through the experiences of taking care of the cat, he starts meeting more people and kind of learning to get out of his shell a little more and learn about relationships with people because he's lost that. It might have been an assassin cat, and I'm, I just got it messed up in my head because of the OP. I know that I when he was talking with the, the siblings, they were kind of mentioning that there was this whole aspect of... No, I think it was parents were talking about something he was writing that was about a, trying to figure something. Anyways, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's a book he's writing. It's about a cat, though. It is, it is about a cat. It is about a cat. That <laughs> we can agree on. But yes... um, What is your, what's your thoughts on my roommate as a cat? I
2: absolutely love this show. I, this is a, the goofy thing about this show was when we first uh, did the um, initial impressions, I don't even remember it.
1: Did we like it or were we, we were in the middle. We liked it. No, my, my, my whole point on that one was that the cat segments were absolutely cute. Yeah. They're wonderful. The animation was just really well done with the cat, which is surprising. Oh yes, but the thing that I, the one thing that I had a little bit of like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like twelve episodes of this was I didn't like Subaru. He was a and, very, he was a jerk early on, and I wasn't sure if they were ever doing anything with him. And and that's that's the thing is, when
2: when it first when we first watched it, I mean Subaru, I was fine with he he wasn't he wasn't really top on my list. He just was there, and it was like okay, let me get to Haru's part. And this this is kind of the thing that will. I think if it turns off anybody, that's probably the thing that's going to turn you off. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of side characters that can be really annoying, (laughs) but it it does. To me, I I think that if 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 any of those things are get you stuck, push through those just a little bit past a, a, a few episodes It really had a, to me anyway, it had an impactful ending. It really pulled off Subaru phenomenally. Haru was just a a mainstay through the entire show. I really, really loved her parts, but Subaru, I think, really came into his own towards the end. It really pulled off some family bond stories, um, really pulled off um, regret. It really pulled off some... Just wonderful dramatic uh, beats that just really uh, impacted very wonderfully it, towards the end, uh, and I don't want to overplay it because I, I I think that it it really does really capture the essence of coming out of a shell uh, and 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 moving outside of your own
1: comfort zone. Re- I, it really did wonderful to me getting loss is a huge part of it. Yes, no. I, I think the thing that really needs to be pointed out for how this this show is structured is that it is it's basically a slice of life with um that's it's it's slice of life but with a twist. the The key thing here, and it's not always half and half, is every episode basically will follow. Uh, I would probably say ninety, uh, pretty much all, but maybe one situation with all the episodes. It always follows Subaru first. He has this entire kind of day or couple days that he's going through, dealing with something, or trying to accommodate somebody, or trying to fix something. And then at some point throughout the episode, it'll suddenly flip over and it'll it'll go from the perspective of his cat. And a cat has a voice to her. It's just they don't they don't understand each other. It's just whenever you're watching Haru, you're hearing her in her dialogue talking about what she's experiencing. Then when it switches to Subaru, it's just him and his daily life. And it kinda of, it jumps back and forth between the two of them. And it experiences usually the same uh, happening just from both perspectives so if one person comes over and shows him how to feed the cat uh he's like oh wow, well, i never knew that that's interesting and then he will switch over to haru and she's like well who's this person that's in the house what, what oh wait there's some food there i want to eat this food wait why can't i have the food and so that's that kind of that that back and forth that they have the entire episodes so that is kind of a weird thing to add to it because technically when you're following subaru you're actually getting pure slice-of-life character developments happening with his character as he's dealing with real-life people and, uh, again, like you said, get, getting over his losses, having those regrets of his parents, and trying to meet new people and, and kind of get out of his shell. And at the same time, you're you're getting Haru's, technically, his, her slice of life. It's a cat slice of life where she's she used to be a stray cat. She dealt with her, uh, quote-unquote, siblings that were with her uh, pi- passing away or getting lost and then finding Subaru and does she trust him? Why is he acting the way he is? Why is he passed out? Because he doesn't eat, him, eat anymore. So you're seeing everything through the lens of this cat. And so that is really cool that you have this, this back and forth between a human's slice of life and a cat's slice of life, both seeing the same scenario in different ways and affecting each other. And that was really the kind of thing that made this show really interesting. Now, my... Enjoyment of the show early on was kind of this, yeah, I don't really care about Subaru. This cat's adorable. So my, I'm enjoying the cat moments, and I'm like, okay, that, the Subaru thing was like nothing. But when it got probably a third of the way in, maybe maybe a quarter of the way in, suddenly the segments of Subaru started coming up. I was like, okay, now they're kind of getting level. I'm actually interested to see what's happening with Subaru, how he's evolving, how he's changing how he's reacting to the people around him, why he is not bagging Okami already, (laughs) right? (laughs) This dog over here is really cute, and why doesn't anybody pay attention to him? Uh, That's kind of the thing that it kind of starts going into. And it turned into a show that I really, really enjoyed. Now, I I did find some of the scenarios that Subaru is kind of facing a little bit uh, kind of repetitive. There's just way too many situations where, oh, why is this person here? I really don't want to deal with this person. Okay, I I guess it was good that I deal with this person. Oh, why is this person here? I don't want to deal with this person. Oh, I guess it was kind of good that I did uh, deal with this person. And so those kind of things just kind of uh, bottle up the earlier segments. But I think it kind of overall slowly slowly development develops him as a character i i i I forgot to mention that i i i I
2: agree that subaru really uh evolved i i i i don't want to use the same word i wanted to say he his character dynamics were phenomenal develops yeah he develops wonderfully (laughs) that that was the entire thing i was i was i was sitting there at the end of the the show i was like Oh my gosh, the amount that he has changed over the course of this show is just wonderful. Yeah,
1: I think he is definitely a testament to character development. And it, and even though I do complain about the kind of repetitive certain scenarios, each time he's kind of learning something and he's kind of recalling back to it. And it is a, it is a true testament to proper character development because, again, like you said, he is a completely different character at the end than he was at the beginning. Uh, when he goes to visit this other prefecture, it was just a – an amazing little story arc they had for him. I thought it was probably easily the the best pinnacle moment of it. Um, yes, I agree. Just these little these little tidbits, like the the photo book that his mom made for him and the little notes that she had in it, was just heartbreaking. Uh, getting those little snippets of his of his parents that were just absolutely uh, treasure. Uh, all these little things, the neighbor and her comments about the mother, all these things are kind of just constantly being thrown at you that constantly makes you realize oh my gosh this guy is it it does make you realize the how broken he is but at the same time how much further he can go and i there was the the signing scene was easily one of the best moments having a little kid come up and have that stark contrast him as a child to this kid that's now reading his books Mm -hmm. uh was was just heartwarming at the same time uh yeah the the kami siblings were were excellent the the Chris got to mention the vet scene.
2: Yeah, I love the vet <laughs> scene. That was too much fun. <laughs>
1: uh, it's just it, it it does well in kind of balancing the two of them. Whenever Subaru has maybe a more comical moment, the cat will kind of come in and give you some more heartwarming moments, or the reverse. Whenever the Subaru is having a, a rough time, you'll it'll probably take a little break with with uh you know Haru being silly or trying to figure something out. Haru and food is just. It's,
2: something to consider
1: when you go into the show (laughs) it was it was it was truly a a very unique show uh, a very unique slice of life that was uh done differently that enough done differently enough that it was very unique in its own right and kind of one of those little hidden gems throughout this season so definitely a hidden gem of the season yeah definitely a, a solid little show definitely check it out i'm saying definitely too many times but definitely definitely cool little show so 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 I did good in, in in saying yeah you had to watch it it was on my list but yeah it, it kind of got taken over by my old thought of doing day alive but I'm glad I got enough time to jump back and watch it mm. it was either that or Kodobuki <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I said I, I didn't have anything against the show besides Subaru being kind of a jerk in the first episode but I knew that like I said they they were animated th- there's something to be said about how cats are animated. I, they made a comment joke about it with Shirobako about the difficulties of animating uh animals, especially felines. And usually whenever you see cats in in shows are either CGI or just not really well animated. They're either stiff or very limited on how, how they the animated L- limited frames so that just works. Yeah, the person who
2: definitely the person who do, did a lot of this Definitely knew his, aunt, his cats.
1: Yeah, the cats are just really well done. Like, even even Roku and, and Hachi, when they visited Dokami, were really well done. Uh, just seeing Haru and how she kind of moves around. Yeah, granted, over time, later in the series, there's less of that uh, kind of more movement around the room than the first part, which it seemed like they were just killing themselves, animating her perfectly. Uh, but there's still these little moments, like, just having her just glancing at him when he's sleeping and having that little kind of twitch in her ears and her, her whiskers kind of moving around. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail that kind of bring this this cat to life, so to speak. So Even though the voice does it dang well, too. So <laughs> Nani-o! How many times do you hear her say, Nanyo? <laughs> she just gets frustrated with him so many times, he doesn't understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know Kami was one easily go on a, a best girl of, of the season as well so go
0: on
1: <laughs> yeah go on really cool little show definitely uh definitely a watch there so All right, let's move on to again that was my roommate as a cat next one we have is sword art online alicization or uh yeah sort Online Alization is the other one so i'm not gonna joke about ex-wives again even though i did ex-girlfriends Anyways, uh, this is a 24-episode series that's streamed on Crunchyroll. It, of course, has a second half of it that will be airing in fall that will be another 24 episodes. They said that was going to be four Total Cores uh, when they were first starting it, and they were going to keep to that. So, Uh, yeah, this one, done by Studio A1 Pictures, sources light novel, action, adventure, fantasy, game, romance, is the genres. And for those that are actually unaware of what sort art online is... (laughs) It's basically. Should a show. I go ahead and
2: sit back and just let you go? It's going to take about. <laughs> I'm going to give a minute. A brief idea of it. Uh,
1: essentially, follows a guy that um, goes into a VR game called Sword Art Online. Uh, the big crux of that whole thing was that the creator decided to pre- prevent people from being able to log out of the game because it essentially you log in with your oh, yeah, nervous that system and everything. Um, 10 and years they, ago they made it. Yeah, they made it a real. He made it a real game, and the idea that if you die in the game the the vr system will zap your brain and kill you in the real world um so yeah that was the whole thing with the original series that turned into a sequel about a uh a first person shooter vr game and then some fantasy games and now we're here in the i don't know was this be alicization arc technically the third season of a sword online which is alicization So, with that out of the way, uh, we're now, for those that did not watch Zation but watched the other ones and are kind of curious of what this is, essentially follows Kirito as he is now working with a company to kind of test a new type of virtual reality system, which is tapping into what they call the light, which is this part of the brain where they believe the actual soul of a person is in. And that allows them to kind of be more kind of entranced into the world and the kind of... It's almost like a dream. It's so realistic. and But at the same time, when you leave it, you kind of forget that you were there. Uh, so, yeah. In this particular season, Kirito is walking with Asuna. He gets stabbed by another one of the damn laughing coffins who seem to be never dying. <laughs> They're just everywhere. They're like a plague. Uh, and he gets thrown into a coma. And they decide to... Uh, the organization that he was working with decides to take Kirito and... Whisk him away off to this ocean turtle thing. That's a big facility, and plug him into this world that he was Did in. He get
2: stabbed with poison.
1: I forgot. Yeah, it was some kind of serum that was going to okay. supposed to kill him, and it didn't. It was the same serum they were using to kill people. Uh, that yeah, that gotcha. and that. Well, I guess yeah. Okay, guess. it's fine. <laughs> they were laughing coffins too. Remember? I said I saw. I said I I Anyways, uh, yeah. So he's in, like, a coma, and they stick him in this world. Um, and now Kirito's inside this underworld that they call it, the underworld VR world. And um, he's trying to figure out why he's there, because he, he doesn't remember anything past, you know, actually being knocked out. And he meets this guy named Ugio. Ujio is kind of this kid who is fulfilling his calling. Everybody in this world apparently has a calling, and his calling is to hack down this gigantic tree... Because this tree apparently sucks the crop, the the nutrients out of the crops, and they feel that if they can knock out the tree, they can, you know, grow better crops. And uh, so yeah, he's now living in this village, you know, spending time with Yuji-Oh. Um, some point he kind of recalls that back when he was testing out the facility or this particular VR system, uh, he was actually a child with Yuji-Oh and somebody else, Alice. And at some point they went into this bad area that they that they have a taboo upon and she was taken away by the imperial integrity knights sorry so now he recalls that they are going to go off and go to the main cathedral area where alice is at and try to save her if possible so yeah he joins an academy gets better they raise up the ranks and then they screw up again (laughs) they go to the cathedral (laughs) i'll just leave it at that anyways uh so, did it live up to your expectations? How, how does this rank? I guess first thing is first. How does this rank on your the arcs of Sora Online? You have the original Sora Online. You have the, what was the Elfheim Online? You have Gungale Online. You have that crappy Excalibur thing. <laughs> then you have Mother's Rosario. Mother's Rosario is always going to be the best. Yeah, it's always going to be the best. <laughs> oh, besides Mother's Rosario, how does this rank in your in your list? This one I'm gonna say
2: probably middle of the road for me. Um, well, mostly because of the kind of the middle of this. It, 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 I think it started out really, really solid, and it finished with some really solid, kind of weird twists that I was not expecting. So that leaves the middle part, which I think it. There was a couple of really cool little. Uh, tidbits in there, but I think it kind of got bogged down in there in a couple places. So it, it, it really is. I am I'm I'm all over the place with this show. Um, I, I there was sometimes it would we were put, pulling it on him and like Andrew. I really don't feel like watching this right now, but I didn't say anything. We just went ahead and and kind of bullheaded through this. And then there was other times where it was like, holy crap, this episode was way too fast. I we did. Yeah, we need some real stuff going on here <laughs> so it, it i'm really all over the place with this i i i can't wait to see what's co- what's coming up later um they re- like i said they really took this in a direction i was not
1: expecting so i want to see where they go with it from here i i wasn't really thinking on this one as i was doing the the actual outline i really wasn't sure what i wanted to say about it like I, I'm glad that the show managed to the story managed to bring back that sense of uh, direness to every situation. Now it's something they lost way back with the original Sword Online, and they they try to tap into it here and there with like Gungel Online, uh, with the shooter that can, if he shoots you in the game, you can actually die. It it it, it never really brought back that direness that was there. And Mother of Rosario was that one story that. It didn't have to have that direness. It was just a, this is the circumstances they're dealing with, and it's heartbreaking. This one managed to kind of tap back into that original first season direness and the fact that, I guess I don't really want to spoil things, but there's weight to the loss of the people in this particular world. And it was something that I was I wasn't really expecting, and they they pulled it off well. I'm like, wow, I'm actually getting really attached to Yujiro Kirito and his relationship. This cool little bro fisting thing. I mean, they did the whole little cool uh, handshake thing in the intro. They're these awesome little bros, and they work together, kind of trying to go uh, see if they can find out what happened to Alice. And I was really I was really kind of captivated by that f- aspect. I was like, cool. I'm actually. I'm actually, it, it's a whole, it's basically a whole new cast. It's like, it's a reset to the entire story. He's in there by himself. His harem's not there. <laughs> his harem kind of gets left behind. He's in there alone. Uh, he's meeting new people. Uh, you can make the joke about him building his new harem. It never really gets harem again. That was kind of this little interesting uh, trip that they were taking with, with Kirito. It's like, wow. It's almost like he's now this grown up. He's going into this another world and he's re-meeting people all over again. Now, the the thing that I really was kind of um, mixed on is that I, I enjoyed it. I was really kind of— gra- There wasn't a single episode that I wasn't kind of in, uh, you know into and wanted to see what was going to happen next. Every episode in it, and I was like, crap, there was another episode that's gone. So it ne- there wasn't a single episode that I was not fully engaged in what was happening. The action scenes were still cool. Well, now there's some of them that felt like they were a little too short, but I, I did enjoy each of the battles. Uh, there was a few of the Integrity nights that I'm like, oh, that was kind of a throwaway. But each one of them kind of had these cool little stories behind them. I, I especially loved uh, Fanashio. I thought her uh, her fight with Kirito was just excellent. Um, there was a later fight with a particular golden person, I'll just say that, that I thought was, was excellent as well. Uh, each of the fights were really, really cool. The fights were now, very phenomenal. Now, there was this kind of thing about the, the mechanics that I was a little bit miffed by, and I don't think they really kind of ever... They mention how it works, but at the same time, they never really play off of it and never really point it out. And they kind of joked about this aspect of their power being based off of their their confidence in that they can do it. So it's like this this whole thing. I'm like, wow, it's literally Dragon Ball. Like, it's it's it depends on how loud you yell, which is perfect for Kirito because he loves to get angry and yell and scream and fight. So, but it was it's still one of those things of like, please don't play off this because you kind of discredit people's skills. It is kind of going to the idea of, well, if I have more confidence, I'm going to be stronger. Uh, but like I said, they never really play off it. It was kind of the thing that it kind of brought up with uh, uh, their some of their uh, teachers in the academy, and they never really kind of touched on it ever again. Well, uh, it, it, but it does I kind think, of go into yeah. the idea of, of, of Yuzhou and his kind of advancement as well. So, But yeah, I, I, I really loved uh, Cardinal. They brought Cardinal in the situation, and I thought her story that she told about the administrator was was excellent. I felt like it was kind of a little bit too much information too soon because I also felt that when they finally got started getting into the administrator, I felt like, okay, but there's nothing really here besides beat administrator. And that was probably the only part of the series that I was kind of starting to drift away on it. Like I did like some twists that they threw in there, but overall that final run to the administrator felt like it was just wasn't that much there. And so I was kind of getting a little bored in the last three or four episodes. And then, then we have that cliffhanger ending. Do we, do we want to bring up that ending and how it just kind of just, just explodes and then says goodbye. <laughs> That's all we're going to see is uh, Chris is just going to raise his hands. Like, eh, nah. I, 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 I I said my piece. But yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I enjoyed the, the entire series and I do look forward to more. I, like I said, I, I appreciate that kind of callback to the original kind of direness um, I thought the cast was cool as well. Enjoyed every, every one of the characters they kind of brought into the picture. And um, I do, I do, do, sort of kind of miss the old cast now. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. I, I do. I do think that they the the writer
2: has definitely come into his own. He, he it, it is very evident in this 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 entire series. He definitely seems to have gotten control over what he the story he wants to tell and it's just evident. Everything
1: everything is for a reason that it's there. Yeah, and I I kind of joked about it. Like like I said, I I, I love all the, the, the cast they had in the original series. But like I said in the, I think it was probably in the Excalibur series, as I started kind of getting annoyed by the fact that it was just kind of this, there's this pack of puppies that are all kind of hoping they can get with Kirito, even though he's with Asuna. And so it was kind of nice to get away from that. that, but at the same time, it seemed like, like you said, it seemed like his writing is almost advanced, and it was almost like he did this as a way of kind of resetting things, because Kito is technically an adult now. He's much more mature. Uh, he deals with situations differently. There's a there's a different passion about him and how he interacts with people, how he builds friendships with people is is definitely different. He's he's a lot less uh, clueless about certain certain things, and it's I I definitely appreciate that about it. It's a less focus on harem and more focus on kind of the human element, you know creating bonds, uh, trying to help people and, and trying to overcome something. And that's definitely something I've, I've definitely appreciated about the series. So even though it is some people's Mm ex-girlfriends,
0: it's
1: cool stuff though. I, 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 again, a lot of the action scenes are always top notch. The, the sound effects along with it, there was a, there was several fights that even, even like some throwaway uh, integrity, integrity nights that they kind of threw in there. That I was like, well, this is going to be a quick fight. It was kind of quick, but it was still really cool. Uh each of the fight has a little certain quirk to it or a skill involved in it that I appreciated. So plus Cardinal is is the voice above Nero, so she had to say Umu a couple times, which I definitely appreciated. So <laughs> that in there. Yeah. That's um that's sort of my analysis. Decision. Hopefully eventually we will get the second half and uh get a full perspective on the story that he was planning on telling with this. Kind of interesting to have an idea of how long the arc is going to be, technically, (laughs) but I guess you do have that with pretty much every single one of them. So, but then they kind of they did that weirdly with all some of them. With like, say, the Mother Rosario wasn't technically a full twelve episodes; should have been, should have been, (laughs) should have been. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, Sword Online. Still loving it, even though people hate it. I still love it. Sorry, everybody has their own their own likes and dislikes. So let me enjoy what I enjoy. The Quintessential Quintuplets is our next one. Or... You're still in love with her after all this time, Andrew. Who? Your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. my my. No, she's not my ex-girlfriend. I never broke up with her. I technically was kind of breaking up with her with the whole Hellfire <laughs> Online part. And then we got back together with Gungail. And I ex- later part of Gungail, I was kind of going to think about breaking up. And then I broke up with her with the Excalibur arc. And, I, and then she came back and she's like, hi, I'm Mother Rosario. I'm like... We can talk again. <laughs> and we've, we've, been, we've been pretty close ever since then. Yeah, the quintessential quintuplets, our next one, or Gotobun no Hanayame. This one streamed on Crunchyroll around for 12 episodes, done by Studio Tezuka Productions, the sources of manga. The genres are harem, comedy, romance, school, and shonen. This follows a guy named Futaro, and Futaro is in a family of, you know, they're, they're kind of... Trying to scrape by, they don't have much money. They're in debt, and at some point, he's he's a very he's well educated. He's he studies a lot. He gets good grades. Some point, he's uh, encounters a girl named Itsuki and she's having problems with her tests. And she kind of tries to get him to help her study, but he kind of blows her off. And then later on, he gets a uh, call it was a call from his sister, and his sister's like, "Hey, you have a job opportunity. Um, this guy wants to hire you to tutor their their child." And he's like, cool, I, I, I'll do that. That's, that sounds interesting. It's, the pay's good. And uh turns out, <laughs> as he goes to the, the home where he's supposed to be tutoring at, uh, the girl that he blew off and all of her sisters are the people he's supposed to be tutoring. It's uh, quintuplets. So there's four, uh, five girls, and he's supposed to tutor them all and help them improve their grades because they're all terrible at school. <laughs> so, this advent- uh, so this adventures, the harem adventures of Futaro and his attempts to train a bunch, or teach a bunch of girls how to uh, do different aspects is, um, begins. And each of them have, of course, their different archetypes, because they're a harem. You have Itsuki, and she is kind of tsundere at the beginning. She doesn't want him to have anything to do with his, her and her sisters. Uh, Yatsuba, who is very genki. Uh, Miku, and it likes to, to help people as much as possible. Uh, Miku, who is, is it a spoiler to say what her little interest She's is? She's a kuda <laughs> I think. Yeah, she's tackling Kudari, but I'm saying that she's very interested in uh different um leaders of old. And uh Nino who is absolute Cinderella and absolutely hates Futara, Baka Baka and <laughs> and Ichika who is more the, is the older sister and likes to uh be a little more forward than the rest of them. But yeah. That's the that's the harem. So you how much total did you watch? About 6 episodes. And then you watched the last episode with me. So you got well kind of Yeah, got the gist of it. Kind of whatever <laughs> the scene that you started on was. Yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on the quintessential quintessential oh. Okay,
2: bearing in mind that I only watched about half of it. Um I I really did like kind of the way they were really kind of playing off of the how this Let's see here. Your dither in, in, in different harems, they have different ways that they are presented to be incorporated into the harem. And the way that they did that with this character, which, to be fair, is kind of cheesy. I mean, him being the tutor of these five girls, okay? And they're all silly. I got you. But each one of them are standoffish in their own way. And they don't want to be tutored, which is an interesting kind of flip on the harem's uh, uh, coin in 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 the respect of most of the time the harem is kind of just drawn to your your dither. This particular case they don't want the dither they they are kind of cutting him off in in a lot of cases and he's slowly winning them over each one one at a time. And I, I thought that was an interesting twist on it, and I I, I really wanted to see how they kind of played that off. It kind of got bogged down in um, the interplay between the sisters, which that's not a bad thing because there there was a, a really cool uh, playing into the fi- family dynamics in in their their interplay, which was really kind of cool, and him just kind of being a. Kind of tool to be used to tell those stories, so I really do like the way that they were pulling that off. It was a really interesting kind of take on that. So it was kind of it was fun. The parts that I did
1: see, I think that I think that's kind of the 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 small element that's in there that kind of makes this one as a harem unique in the album. Because yeah, if you're if you're wondering if you want to watch the show or not, do you like harem?s If you don't like harem,s don't watch it. I mean, that's (laughs) that's a simple thing. There's nothing. You're not you're not going to find anything here differently than any other harem. The thing that makes it unique as a harem, in my opinion, is that family dynamic. It is essentially, the the, the harem is all sisters, so not his sisters, it's not that kind of harem, uh, it is it's all sisters, so it, it's unlike most harems where it doesn't seem like any of the other girls kind of talk to each other, they don't really discuss things, these girls are sisters and they often play off the idea of, well, I want what's best for my, for my sister or I don't think this is a, a good person to be around this sister. I don't trust this person around my sister. Those things are kind of in there the entire time, how they feel about this person in the scenario, what they feel about each other now that they might be opening up to him more, the struggles they have of, well, I don't want st- to study with him. You guys shouldn't either. Yeah, like you said, there is this constant kind of blowback for him. Yeah, technically, at the very beginning, Yatsuba is like, yeah, let's do it. Let's study. (laughs) She's like the only character that's always accepting of him, and that's kind of her charm. Uh, But the other characters, yeah, early on just didn't want to have anything to do with him. And so you have this constant dynamic of that slow uh, warming up to him or rejecting him the entire time if if you want to. And that was kind of that unique thing that I felt that was with this show at the same time that was kind of its bogging point as well is that most every single scenario is I don't want to study no you need to study no I don't want to study you know you need to study and that was t- technically probably a good uh, portion uh, I would say probably 50% of the dialogue in the entire series was just you need to study no I don't want to study and that was that was technically what kind of bogged it down a little bit at the same time like I told Chris earlier is was like I actually I there's not a single one of these girls that I don't like. They're all lovable in some way. Granted, technically still Miku is best girl the entire series. Fight me on it. It is. It is still. Hey, <laughs> I agree. So, <laughs> ain't no fighting here. But that was that was also another funny thing about it, and not to be completely spoiling exactly what happens. It is funny that the show kind of opens up in this idea of you're thinking, well, Itsuki seems pretty dominant in the show at the very beginning. Obviously, she's going to be the main love interest. But in actuality, it almost feels like at some point early on, you have the episode with Miku. And then from that point on, yeah, they might dab in the other characters here or there. But it seems like as a romantic interest, uh, Miku and, and Ichika become like the the sole focus of that aspect of storytelling. It's not that I'm not going to say what character may be more dominant or the other, or or if if there's any kind of thing that happens, but they become the crux of the potential of what you would call romance. The other characters are kind of just there. Itsuki takes a back seat. Nino is too tsundere. Yatsuba is just kind of always loving everybody. So she's so <laughs> but she's not a. Rom- it doesn't seem romantic with Yatsuba, even though I do love her to death. She's actually a lot of fun. Uh, f- fun with that character. She's a very lovable Genki. The focus really does come to Miku and Ichika. and for those two characters, I thought it was a solid harem. I think even with just them two and the others kind of being there as, as comedy relief, so to speak, they were solid characters and I really did love their kind of interplay as sisters. It almost felt like it it almost felt like the other three girls were almost like not even a part of the discussion. and Miku and Ichika were these sisters that were struggling over the idea of romance. And their story together, that they kind of talked back and forth, was was enough enough uh, content there that I really kind of enjoyed the later part of the show. Now, like I said, I I, I most of the comedy kind of falls short. There was a few moments here and there that I kind of got a kick out of Nino's little moment uh, along with Futaro and and uh, yeah, falling over and, and glasses lacking <laughs> was was kind of cute. Uh, some little scenes here and there, but for the most majority of the the later half of it a lot of my focus of entertainment was in Miku and Ichika and these little kind of comedic moments mixed here and there. Um, Overall, it's, I was, I was joking a lot with a lot of people about uh, quintessential quintuplets. The fact that when they, people kind of noted this particular quote unquote Nisikoi moment, I, I basically told a lot of people like, well, that just killed it for me. I don't think I'll go back to that one. <laughs> it's like I I, I I know what the Nisekoi thing is, even though I haven't watched Nisekoi. I know that little that little carrot on a stick that you know you're not going to see in the anime. It's like I when I seen that with Nisekoi, I'm like I know I'm never going to see the ending of this, am I? And I, and when I seen that, essentially the same mechanic added to the story, I I basically said that I don't I don't need to watch this because I know that they're never going to have a, a solid conclusion to it. They're going to put that carrot there. But technically, in the end, they hit it maybe one or once or twice. It really wasn't a, a bog for the entire story. I, I literally didn't care by the end of it, and I, I think it came to a a decently solid conclusion for it. Yeah, it's not it's not going to give you your answer of who is the chosen, and I don't think it really needs to. It was a it was a cute little story about these sisters and if they wanted to accept this guy or not, and if they're going to ever pass a single test. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Miku's best girl, like I said. Yep. <laughs> as, long as, as long as we get that, Ichika was Ichika was climbing that, was just clawing at it though, and I, I really wasn't expecting that. But um, I I actually loved all of them, and a lot of that has to do with they they had a really fantastic uh, group of Seiyus that were working on this. I think all but Ichika had a Seiyu that I have loved for one reason or another. There was uh. He, uh Kinano from orimo there was kuroneko for orimo uh, just a lot of fantastic seiyus that i just absolutely love their voices so that it, that was a, that was a struggle as well as i'm constantly going oh i know that voice oh it's uh uh urako from from my academia like oh my gosh that's 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 about i, was, I just love their voices so that that helped a lot But yeah, that's the Quintessential Quintuplets. If you love harems, definitely check it out. I think it has plenty in there to kind of gnaw on. So, yep. Moving on, we have Date A Live, Season 3. This one's streamed on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by studio JC Staff, which is interesting because this first season was AIC++, and Season 2 was Production IMS. So it seems like every season they change production studios uh, but thankfully, the director has always been the same. That's Kitaro uh, Motonaga, who has, of course, done all the Daily Live, also get backers, and Katana Gatari, which is kind of interesting to see that. But I did appreciate the fact that at least they have the same director. That way, consistently through the three seasons, it always seemed like they have that same uh, tone. They kept the story pretty solid. Now, visual-wise, there's misgivings there and the changes of studios <laughs> but that could also have something to do with uh, production how much money they put into it as well so I'm not going to completely bash on JC staff they've done a lot of excellent things uh, of course the source, now, source material is light novel and the genres are sci-fi harem comedy romance mecha, and school uh, just to give a quick run through of my thoughts on season one and two because like I said I had to run through all those to get caught up for this one Chris had already watched the other ones and he just watched season three Uh, I I really do kind of enjoy uh, daily Life as a harem with an interesting twist. It isn't just, you know, cut and dry, there's a bunch of girls that love this guy. There's a unique mechanic to this entire story. So to give people a rundown of what daily Life is, essentially it takes place 30 years after this big, huge what they call spatial quake happened and it killed like 150 million people. And following this 30 years later, we follow Shido and his sister Kotori, And Shido is living in this world where every now and then, it's modern time, every now and then these spatial quakes will happen. It will destroy like a a city block area, maybe probably more like three or four city blocks. It's different every time. Uh, But these spatial quakes will be detected. The citizens will be alarmed. They have to take cover, take shelter. These quakes will happen. It'll destroy entire areas of the city. And in its destruction, people don't know, is that these spirits will appear, and they are actually these girls. And the interesting thing that happens is Kotori or Shido, is trying to go find his sister he thinks is out in the middle of the town as this spatial quake is happening. He ends up coming across one of these explosions, and he sees the spirit that uh, arises from it, and it is this girl named Toka. Or, this is this girl. Technically, he names her Toka. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this girl uh, but anyways uh as he comes to find out kotori his sister is actually a part of this big organization that is trying to uh he assigns him to go out and find these spirits date them uh and through this whole kind of goofy uh, mechanic of you know you know monitoring their their social their their emotions and giving him suggestions for dialogue because it's kind of goofy little uh, dating sim thing they're trying to do to help him out which always ends up in failure uh, he's supposed to kind of swoon these girls take them on dates make them kind of fall in love with him and then kiss them so that he can steal away their powers and so they can become normal girls and not be hunted down because on the other side of the fence is you have uh, government organizations you have the ast who is a group of armored uh, fighters who will go out and kill the spirits Whereas uh, Kotori and the organization she's working with is trying to save these spirits and, and instead, you know, keep people from being killed from the spatial quakes, of course. So, yeah, um, the first season kind of opened up. He kind of met the princess who's he names Toka, um, trying to help her out, go on dates with her. Uh, Yoshino, who was this cute little girl who they call a hermit, and her power and trying to help her out. Uh, and then eventually, kind of going into. Um, I won't say what the other name is, but there's also Kurimi, who is uh, this kind of more sadistic, The everybody knows her as being one of those uh, high-class Yandere characters in all the top ten lists of best yandere's in, in anime, uh, and her, Shido's attempt to try to stop her, then I'll just leave it at that. Uh, season two kind of focused on the Berserk sisters, Kaguya and Yuzuru, who are seemingly a spirit that has been split into two girls. And their attempts to try to find out which one of them is going to become this single entity. Um, And also Miku, who is kind of a a diva spirit and how she controls people. And then uh, kind of dabbing a little bit into this mechanic they call the inversion uh, with the spirits, which again, I won't really mention too much on. And of course, we go into season three, we start diving into uh, Natsumi, who is this kind of wizard-looking spirit and her mischief that she is creating (laughs) And eventually getting into uh, Origami's story, which has been kind of hinted at in the entire series of, of, of Day Day Life. So, you know, my, my thoughts overall is I I do love this as a harem show because it isn't just a harem. It isn't just about these girls kind of fighting over him. It always kind of has this backstory of, you know, the, the struggle with the spirits and this little bit of weight given to each situation, not too much weight given to each situation and the combat sequences and the, the different mechanics that each of these spirits have were always interesting. Uh, the dating aspect of it's always kind of a little bit comical to add into each of the characters. You get the little, plenty of development in, uh, those date sequences. And I always enjoyed those. So I, overall, I enjoyed the entire series. It was, has been a lot of fun getting into it. Um, I won't say that it has always been, uh, a pleasant watch. I, I namely I don't really I guess this will get into my big beef of the season 3 so I don't know if I want to get into it quite yet, but uh overall I I, I enjoy season 1, I enjoy season 2. I especially uh especially liked the um I think probably most of my enjoyment came out of probably Kotori. Uh I did enjoy Origami early on. I thought she was an excellent character. Uh Toka was kind of I do like her but not so much as kind of a love interest character. She's just always been kind of fun, cute there whenever she does show up. Uh, Kurumi, I hated in season one. (laughs) I loved her in season two. And I I finally got to, I don't know if everybody loved her in season one. I loved her in season one. Okay, I wasn't sure. I loved her in the
2: first introduction (laughs) of her,
1: okay? (laughs) I I just couldn't get over the whole aspect of she's killed 30,000 people. I'm like, I, yeah, I, even if they are just a bad dude that bumped into her and she offered something and they went with it and she killed them, like I, I, no, she's technically killing a lot of people. She's kind of dangerous, so I didn't really go with it. But then season two, she definitely grew on me. She she's a lot of fun and she gave a lot of, um, she kind of killed the direness and not not literally, but there's a, like a direness that's happening and she kind of shows up and she's just laughing along with it and is just wrecking people. And I, I just, it took season two for me to finally kind of click with her. So don't hate me. <laughs> um, I
2: like her because of the, her mischievous nature. I, it, it just, it, it, it's yeah. something that kind of works for, for me and in, in that it, that type of character. Not necessarily her backstory and all that stuff. Just, I like her mischievousness.
1: I don't know if I mentioned it, but yeah, I, I absolutely love Kotori though. I think in the end, she's probably my favorite of all of them. Um, Love what they did with her. I just will leave it at that. I don't know if I want to spoil that. Uh, Yoshino is just absolutely adorable. Wanted to protect. <laughs> I did like the Berserk sisters. I think they, they were a lot of fun. Um, I like their personality differences that they have. Didn't like Miku. Wasn't a fan. <laughs> Never did like. Even in the end, she has her moments every now and then, but did not like Miku.
2: I, I didn't care for Miku at all. I She just was i kind of went with her story but it was it, it was kind of annoying it, she just i think they drug her out way too long
1: but i think my other the the only real stain that i have for the entire series of season one and two i'll just leave it at that for now is i never cared for the DEM stuff i just it doesn't it, it was every time they kind of popped over them it was boring um it was boring in season three as well. I guess I can spoil that for it as well. <laughs> Didn't care for it in season three as well. Um but overall I I really enjoyed season one and two though. Uh but yeah, season three. So we finally got that out of the way. Got my thoughts on season one and two, got my thoughts on the characters they added in all those ones. Now we're going to season three, so everybody that's I don't know why you haven't watched season three, if you haven't watched season three yet, uh one thoughts on that one. Uh mainly the crux of season three, like I mentioned earlier, was getting into this new Uh, this new appearance of a spirit named Natsumi and how Shido sees her other side and that upsets her because she wants to be known as this beautiful, lunchless, big sister, beautiful body and everything. And he sees her other side and that upsets her. So she kind of essentially makes it a point of herself to be a trickster and kind of ruin his life and starts doing shape-shifting stuff to uh, impersonate him and then goes in this whole thing where she... Uh, gives him a a game where essentially he has to find out who she's impersonating, and if he doesn't, she will make one of those people disappear every day Um, the later half of it, like I said, kind of goes into Origami's story, which is her struggle with her loss of her parents as a child, you kind of get hits in it with the first and couple seasons where she hates spirits uh, because they killed her parents, and now it's kind of really getting into that whole story So that is a a quick synopsis of season 3 What's your thoughts on season three? Now you can finally start talking. (laughs) Ah, season three. Okay. I, 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 I do like the addition
2: of Natsumi. I, I really liked her. She is kind of a, a lot of fun. Um, I do think her story arc was dragged out a little bit long. Agreed. Um, I really, really loved Origami's story. I think that was phenomenal. I think they, they, they finalized that out really well. I, like the addition of the new power, let's just say that. Um so it was a it was really kind of cool to have that aspect. There was this aspect of origami and that really did turn me off a lot. I I've always been origami straight through this entire show. She has absolutely been best girl for me next to a couple of Ollies. I I know, I know, I know. Um but origami has always been in kind of this she offsets a lot of the other characters mostly because she's the only one who has always been with Shido and she really is the one who knows him the best and has this knack for really setting him off and I really really like that about her um but in at the same time she has gone through a lot of the entire two two seasons prior to this she's she's really come a long way as far as where she has stood as far as the spirits were concerned. And then have, she had a complete and total 180 flip at some point during the show for certain reasons. So bad. And it really, really bugged the crap. It, it drove me nuts. And, when they did finally like i said they they did really wonderful with her story but that one part really messed it, messed it up for me and i really really hated it but all in all it was a great season i really liked like i said the additions the new powers i i thought it was a really cool story um couple of throw the some of the some of the main girls did get kind of thrown to the wayside and it kind of and when they did show up, it was almost like they were being forced to be in there, so that was kind of annoying. But
1: yeah, overall,
2: I had a lot of fun with it.
1: yeah, I I agree with you on that to me, and it was funny because when I when I first started, it was it was a couple things that I, I kind of questioned Chris and he's like, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> it, one, one was the origami explaining what they brought up in like the first episode of the first season was that origami has always been watching him and it's like, do they ever explain? how they know each other, because it seems like he just met her. Uh, that was explained. No, the with Natsumi, it was like, you said at some point, like, yeah, I kind of like Natsumi, but I did think it kind of drug out. I'm like, yeah, that kind of drug out. And it was it was kind of a, it felt like it had something to it, like a, the game mechanic of it, you definitely technically, you're yourself, you do, if you do love this show as a harem, you're probably, you love each of these characters, and you have these you know their 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 particular archetypes their quirks and so when you do basically have this thing presented to him of well, try to find which one is me which one am i uh, am i impersonating and so you're kind of with not, uh, Shido kind of trying to figure out well does it, do they act like that no you're trying to look like him when she's going to do something that's going to show you uh who's the the uh, the impostor and i do what i admit I did. I did figure it out really yes, quickly. He so <laughs> he caught it. I did. I did. I did like the fact that I did actually call
2: that out. And now, I, I did technically it, it, have. Now, now, to be fair, I kind of caught it, but I didn't actually pick the particular character.
1: Yeah, I I, I called it out, and then was like, this. I had a fallback option, which they kind of pointed out, and I was like, okay, well, that's not gonna happen because they pointed it out. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was kind of fun trying to figure it out with him. And I was kind of curious if they were going to make it obvious or if they were going to make it kind of a game for the viewer. And I, I'd want to say it is technically fun to try to figure out which one it is. It, you, you can figure it out. And so that was a a fun thing to add into a harem, a show that you, like I said, you, you're, you, you love these characters and you, you have these attachments and you know, their quirks and to kind of try to figure out where they kind of step out of the bounds was fun. Now, like I said, it did kind of drag out a little bit too long, and I kind of wish that they would probably just cut it short, maybe an episode, and just kind of move on. Um, but yeah, I do agree with him. Once they kind of uh, get around that, I, I really did like what they did with Natsumi. It was a really cute little story, and um, definitely added to the, the list of of Want to Protect, with, along with, with Yoshino. Now, origami story. Now, I don't know how much of this is kind of laid on the fact that I had gone through, basically binged the entire series. But I kind of was like, wow, uh, my main holding point, yeah, I did not like how they basically flipped her personality. They, they, they had this point where one scene happens, and it's almost like a, hmm, okay, sure, we'll do that kind of moment, and it's like, wait, no, that's not you. What the hell are you doing with this character? And it was like this constant, like, what are we doing right now? Are you going to explain what you just did? They never do, which really frustrates me. Yeah, there's technically an explanation, but just the the flip was stupid. Now, my other frustration comes with the fact that I had gone through two seasons of this kind of every now and then bringing up the fact that Origami hates spirits because they killed their parents and i was like literally going oh my gosh we're bringing this up again just let it die already i was already sick at this point going through two full seasons of hearing this brought up here and there and i was i was kind of like i'm sick of this already now i do agree with him i think in the end it was a cool a cool wrap-up of it hopefully they never bring it up ever again in another season please god don't <laughs> i'm tired of it <laughs> but i i did like the the kind of things they did with that story arc and how it kind of concluded i just i the sad thing that came of it all was that it ruined her as a character because i loved her in the first season i loved her in the second season i don't like her anymore and that's what really kind of sucks in the end now i don't blame her because it is a sucky story but at the same time they ruined her as a character for me um so maybe i can just kind of wash that second half out of my brain, I'll just kinda of remember her as being the origami I always loved her being.
0: So um
1: that's where I kind of leave it in. Like I said, I think it was a cool little 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 playoff of what they did with her, but at the same time I was just so sick of it at that point and I they they ruined her for me. But that's just the story they were telling. It's not a not a not a knock on the storytelling besides that that turning point. I think that was either poorly presented, maybe they cut something out that was supposed to be in the original light novel just for time. Or maybe they thought that that was enough to to turn her clock around because it was really kind of dumb. So yeah, um, I think my other struggle too is that the thing that kind of drew me originally before I even watched the show, the thing that drew me to Day Alive was the character designs. I think they have fantastic character designs. Uh, Kurumi is gorgeous. I, I, there's tons of figures that I've always wanted to buy one. I just didn't know her as a character, so I never really dropped the cash for it. I do kind of want to now. Uh, Yoshinon is, Yoshino is absolutely gorgeous uh, even Toka and her armor is absolutely amazing um, another character which I won't say because spoilers <laughs> her entire outfit is just she, absolutely she is stellar. absolutely gorgeous uh, I have the Ninjoid of that I have I a lot of the ninjoids for this show and I never really <laughs> never even knew this show because the character designs were so fantastic and I think when I watched the original season the first season I was like wow they're actually pulling off for the most part these character designs in in motion uh just seeing like these up-close shots of you know shido asking shino uh yoshino something and just having that just full volume hair and this cute little uh hood on she was just absolutely gorgeous uh seeing it in motion was like i, I can't believe they're kind of technically pulling this off for the most part yeah in the action scenes they might cut corners here and there but for the most part they were making these very gorgeous uh character designs come to life The sad thing is, again, I don't blame J.C. Staff. Maybe it was just a production difference. Uh, It seems like that was something that kind of fell off with the 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 third season. Uh, There was a lot of cut corners. There was a lot of things happening, and and uh, nothing visual happening on the screen. I kind of I wrote a note about a certain scene that I kind of laughed out loud at because they they just went like full uh, slideshow mode. Uh, pick the, I guess, namely the the whole satellite dropping, satellite dropping, bomb <laughs> dropping scenario. Uh, they did a lot of really stupid little slideshows. It was just, it did not look good at all, and I was frustrated by that. Hopefully, if they do a Blu Ray release of it, they'll fix all these issues. But for the most part, it just didn't look as good as it did in the first and second season, as as I remember it. And, I, like I said, I binged the entire thing, and so I'm pretty solid on that. But it, it just seemed like the the visual quality kind of dropped off of the later parts of it. And that was kind of a, a disappointment for me. But at the same time, it was still serviceable. They still they still kept it pretty solid. But the, the, just the, the attention to detail that they had in the first ones, it seemed like they were more passionate about that, where it kind of got lost in the third season. So I just want to put that out there. And, um yeah. The So Lame Girl. <laughs> I asked, I'm watching, like I said, I'm binging this entire first and second season. And I'm like, he keeps asking, asking me This about stupid this So Lame, so lame <laughs> Girl keeps showing up. And I'm like, Is she in the third season? And I'm like, I don't remember a girl that says anything like that. And I'm like, How could you not know her? It's the So Lame Girl. Every time these three girls show up, one says something, the other says something, and then she says, So Lame. <laughs> I just got a huge kick out of it. I don't know why. It was just this girl that shows up. Was here. she in the third season? Yeah. Okay. She was there. That was a lot, of, a lot of fun, yeah. Because one of the one of those three girls was one of the targets for Natsumi and her, uh, you know, being people thing. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about uh Daily Live three. Hopefully, that wasn't too long going through the entire three seasons. But it was a whole stupid freaking uh, the the DEM group. That was the other frustrating thing during that whole scenario. It was like, I don't care about this room full of. Business guys are talking about trying to overcome e- uh, Ike and, and Ellen. It's like, why do they keep popping back to here? There's something happening over with the characters. I don't care about these people in this room. Uh, it was kind of frustrating. And yeah, the whole stupid satellite dropping in junk. It's like, what in the world are we doing right now? Oh, fun stuff. And poor teacher. <laughs> Shido, you have to sign that marital contract. <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh my gosh I'm gonna turn 30 here soon I'm never gonna get married I might as well go with this boy <laughs> mm-hmm. oh the midlife crisis teacher thing so that's all the reviews that we have for the winter 2019 anime season I had a couple shows that some people were saying hey you know, make make sure not to miss out on this one but some things just kind of fell off I think we got m- most of all of them so I think the only one that I kind of still wanted to do was, was Real Girl but I don't know if I can go back to that one just wasn't filming the whole divorce thing But yes, we have a couple few shows to kind of quickly talk about. I don't know if we'll dive too much into them. We just want to kind of give an update on our thoughts on these shows as they're kind of still continuing on. The first one is Rising of the Shield Hero. It's going to be going for 25 episodes, so we're halfway through it right now. This one, for those who don't know, basically follows a guy named Naofumi, who has been transported to another world, along with uh, three other guys, and they are each kind of a hero of a different type. So there's a spear hero, there's an, a bow hero, there's a sword hero, and now Fumi, he is the shield hero who's kind of looked down upon by this kingdom. They all hate him and just kind of treat him really badly. So that's basically been the story so far. He he went and got a since nobody would help him, went and got a slave, Raftelia, and kind of raised her up, got her stronger so that she he she can support him. Eventually, later on, gets a cute little chicken girl named Fido from a gotcha, so to speak. These little eggs you can buy, and they can become nothing, but they end up becoming Fido. And Fido's like this really overpowered god bird thing. Uh, So, yeah, it's basically his, his adventures of this essentially being framed for things every two seconds and him having to get out of it because either he's powerful and doesn't give a crap or somebody helps him through the situation, so... So what's been your thoughts on rising chill hero so far?
2: Uh, So far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, and I cannot say that enough. I am absolutely loving the show. It is. I really, really do like the fact that they're really painting this character into a corner. Literally everything that's happening around him is forcing his hand in some shape or form. He This guy really is trying to do the right thing, and yet, no matter what, he's getting forced into he, he you can you can really tell that there is this kind of um, repeating aspect to this world. Um, they've They've already talked several times about the previous generation of heroes. and the the entire church is actually based around three of the four heroes. And there's, there's legends that are going out that uh, even uh, Raftelia points out that um, the uh, her her parents had told her to always always support the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero because the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero takes re- very good c- care of the Demi-Humans. And you can see him being forced into this direction of eventually being so uh, despised by the humans in the world that he the uh, demi humans are naturally going to be the only ones that he can uh, associate with, I, and I really, really do enjoy that. That all these things are happening, and yet they're all technically foreshadowed in 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 its own way. Um, I do like the kind of I I, I don't want to say Game of Thrones esque, but it is kind of that um, of the politics in the 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 kingdom themselves between. Uh, Certain factions in the uh, the kingdom themselves, the the kingdom itself, it, it, it's just a lot of really cool things that are that are just in this story that, that that I just really enjoy.
1: Yeah, I've 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 absolutely loved this show so far. Now I do kind of echo some people where there is times where he's getting framed for something. It's like, oh gosh, here we go again. And it, it, a lot of the situations they're kind of put into, especially like the whole uh, dueling ring thing. It felt like it kind of, uh, it felt like they they stuck on the scene a little bit too long. That it, it, it's a very kind of it makes you feel bad kind of scene. It just it's not a very happy scene, and it kind of drags it out a bit, a little bit, a little bit too long. So it almost feels like they are definitely taking advantage of the direness and the very kind of uh, upsetting situations that he's being put in, and they kind of really do play off it really heavily and so yeah it does kind of feel uh, a little bit disheartening a lot of in a lot of situations now at the same time i even though i do echo that i acknowledge that that's the point <laughs> so, so it's like whenever time i see somebody on twitter go you know making a joke about stop framing me for crap kind of thing I, oh here's another he's getting framed for something again what what the, are we going to do this again it's like That's the story like this literally is what we're doing it's obviously the king it's obvious the king does not like him for some reason and the writer I believe has a reason they're going to reveal eventually he's already kind of kind of whispered and I won't say what he said but the king has said something to allude to it. There is a reason why these people despise the shield hero, and we're going to find out if you just keep watching. If you don't want to find out, just stop watching it, kind of thing. It is almost gonna, it, I, I bet you this is gonna turn into another story online kind of thing. Uh, but, anyways, I do appreciate the story overall. I, 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 like I said, I, but I, my struggles with the whole framing every episode kind of thing is just more on the idea that it's, it does frame it as a way that you're supposed to kind of really. Be pissed off along with him and i think that's the whole point uh, it is a nisekai show about a guy who is basically rejected by the world that they go to and he despises it and you're kind of following his uh you know his down his 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 spiral down into kind of despair and anger at the same time being kind of pulled up by the people that he helps like oh by the way here's the villagers they come up and they say thank you and he's like well, I don't want thank you, and he kind of walks away. And he, but he does acknowledge the fact that he is technically helping people, and they appreciate it. And it's that only thing. That's the only thing that's there that is pulling him out of it. Raftilia even though everybody's like she's your slave, I was like, no, he's taking care of her, brought her out of something, cured her of what was probably going to kill her. Uh, the the slave trader guy was like, yeah, she's going to die soon. I mean, don't bother with her. He's technically saved her life, and she pulls him out of those that darkness every now and then. Um, so that is one of the, the kind of thing that is it's 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 story beats that is both hard to go through along with him but at the same time has these rewarding moments where he's pulled out of that darkness and you're and you're kind of pulled out emotionally with him and you're like, holy crap, that was a great little uh, climactic moment. Uh, but like I do, I, I do I do acknowledge that there is that element there that is kind of played on. But again, it is the point and I'm certain that we'll probably hear soon start getting into what that point is. And I, I do look forward to it and I hope it does kind of knock it out of the park when it finally reveals it. Yeah, the villains make you want to punch them and the the heroes makes you want to hug them and tell them it's going to be alright kind of thing. And that's that's good storytelling in my opinion. If it can get that emotion out of me, it's obviously doing something right. Um, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly through the entire thing. I love the mechanics of it. A lot of the aspects they've kind of played off of have been a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping they do a lot more with the other heroes They keep kind of pulling them in and hinting at them kind of being supportive but yeah. always manipulated and I'm hoping that they will eventually have that moment where I'm like thank you I, I think most of it's going to probably be Ren uh, maybe Itsuki I don't think there's any helping Matoyasu <laughs> damn spirit hero just needs to die already um, just get kicked nuts again that, that works thank you Fido it's your, you're always you always come in the clutch but No, I, 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 I like the rage shield I think that that is an
2: interesting twist to the entire aspect of it like andrew was pointing out the the fact that this is a this is and i i didn't even think about that but yeah effectively it is an isekai that is kind of flipping the entire system on its head a normally you have isekai of a guy who goes into the world and he loves the the entire situation and he he's gathering up this really big harem and and he he very quickly becomes the richest guy in the world, and and all that the, the, you have all that that cool stuff there. But this is kind of the reverse of that, where he lost all his money very quickly. He the, the he's scorned by the entire kingdom. He's like I said, he's being forced into this cer- certain direction that he has to go, I, and and it, I like that. <laughs>
1: I know that the immediate uh, predictions that we have is this whole idea of the Demi-Humans and that he supported them. That's probably why the king hates him is because he supported the Demi-Humans. And and and, and the, the past shield hero probably took something from the king in that effect. But then there's also this kind of slight side of me that was like, but what if it isn't that obvious? What if it's like something where they know they have to scorn him to bring out the demon shield in order to protect them from the later waves? Like they know yeah. that that's the only way that they can save their kingdom is to piss this guy off. <laughs> I know it's not that, but that would be like an interesting twist to have in it is like you they, they don't like it. Like you like cut to cut to the king going, I, I hate that I'm doing this to this poor kid. I <laughs> I I I really want to help him, but I have to make him despise us. You don't understand, and he's just completely making his his daughter go through this whole thing. Her not knowing this is what she's supposed to do. Um, yeah, wouldn't twist. it be wouldn't it be a kick that that he ends up uh, getting? A, never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what sucks is I already have. I've always been. I've already been spoiled about what happens to the, the princess, and that's what kind of sucks. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Uh. And it's gonna be it's gonna be great if it is true. It is gonna be really great. Anything else on on Chill Hero? No. I, I am I am I want to say I'm very hats off to Centrist. I know that here recently they have been doing. They've been a recent hit, and they did Made in Abyss, which is absolutely fantastic. And it seems like they are becoming a studio that is a rivaling a lot of other studios. I don't know if that's because they're getting some solid lines and solid money to go with it. But this has been stellar. The animation has been awesome. Moments where I think they're going to start cutting corners, they don't. They've been doing an excellent job with it. Uh, and the music has been phenomenal with it. And th- Which is makes sense if they did Made in Abyss, which was completely orchestrated as well. Um, they're just doing a fantastic job with the music. So keep that up. Definitely awesome. All right. Uh, I don't really... We are... To, Full disclosure, it's been a while. We were kind of needing to get caught up on Katakuri Circus. I think we're back on seventeen, and we're supposed to be way later than that. So we're technically only just recently into the second core. Just to give people an update, because we did give a first impression on it and our thoughts on the first core. And I didn't like what we've recently watched, and I and that's been my struggles. I I do want to go back to it, but at the same time, I'm struggling with if I want to because. I don't like the direction they're taking. Are you in agreement? Because we had the whole thing where they went to the the history, then they came back, I and it the back, crazy. I liked the backstory. With the, the, the circus group, and it just got really stupid. I did not like the tournament. I, if you, if you want to call, call it, it a tournament.
2: tournament I, I liked the backstory. I do like the finalization, but yeah. I didn't like the tournament itself. That's where I stand. And, and, and so the, I... I'm hope I have hope for the next part.
1: I mean, how they can't do much worse than what they got right now. I'm just only go up from here. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to, if that was like what they wanted to get into and they're just going to go into that again. I like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I love the opening of it. it was great. I was kind of a little bit miffed by, you know, what transpired shortly after that first opening sequence. I did like the backstory. I agree the lineages that they're kind of going into has been kind of hard to wrap my head around, but at the same time, really cool and very complex. I loved watching Lucille make those dudes bow. (laughs) That was freaking epic. Uh, Wish there was more there, but that was seemed like it was kind of like, that was a cool few minutes there. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I, I just didn't like that whole quote unquote tournament sequence and it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Now, this next arc they're kind of going into with Masaru learning about his dad and them kind of trying to frame him as being possessed uh, has been interesting, and hopefully they'll pull something cool. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do want to go back to it is I'm hoping that they will end up doing something cool with this next arc, and we're just fresh into it. And maybe that's the reason why I'm not jumping into it quickly is because there's nothing really kind of hanging. We're just going into another arc. Um, But it's been kind of... It's hard to wrap my head around where I kind of... Fit with this show just because it's been a roller coaster and kind of having these cool little stories. And then I just the 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 action scenes aren't just really not there. I think that's the big struggle I have. Is that it's a show about fighting puppets basically, and the action scenes aren't that great. I mean, the whole Ferris wheel head guy was like, "What are we doing?" And then would I go ate at, that <laughs> out of my brain. I Ain't brought it back out, and somebody would go, "I'll fight him next." And they run up there, and he goes, "You can't get me!" And then like you see. A horse of the of this of this this rotating thing, and then their their body shatters, and it's like, what happened? Are they are they are they getting crushed? No, no, it, 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 it took three
2: got three people to die to that stupid thing to finally go, finally reveal what it was. They were getting on the stupid thing. Yeah. Why are you getting on it? He's under it.
1: He's <laughs> under it. People, it was just it like i said the animation wasn't there so it was hard to figure out what the hell was even happening and that was yeah cgi ugh, it was so the story beats are cool the action sucks and so that's where i kind of fall and i i don't know it, it's, it is definitely one that we've we've kind of stepped back from it so long that i'm i'm hoping that when we jump back into it i'll kind of remember a lot of the story that's going on but it's it's been a real struggle to kind of Piece together the lineages with how much they're kind of going into because they they've essentially kind of followed like three different uh, generations. Yeah, and how those generations are kind of intertwined, especially through uh, Angelina, and that's it's been it's been cool in that regard. So story's great, battles suck. Do you want to get back to it? I just I struggle with certain things, so we'll see we'll see. It's it's going for thirty six episodes, so we're. We're already halfway through it. So, yeah. The last one we have is Dororo. Dororo. Uh, this one is, for those that don't know, follows a guy named uh, Hyakumaru. Actually, it starts, opens up, following a uh, a leader of a certain area named Daigo. And Daigo decides, because his his land is dying, the crops are not happening, um, he's, he's facing his people basically starving, He decides to make a pact. He kind of discards the Buddha and makes a pact with the demons, 12 demons, but kind of basically offers up his child as a sacrifice to basically flourish his lands and they accept. And when his child is being born, he comes out with no limbs, no skin, no eyes, no hearing, like everything's, he's basically a shell of a human. And he orders his child to be discarded because, you know, he's been used for what he needs to be used for. His land's going to be saved. He's happy. He'll just, you know, give his lineage to the next child that he uh, that she bears. Um, even though he was told, the, 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 the handmaid whatever, is told to discard him, she sets him in a boat and casts him down the river where he's found by a guy named Jukai. And Jukai basically gives him limbs and basically makes him whole so that he can actually live come to find out these demons throughout the world, if if this child as he grows up and learns to fight, uh, if he can kill these demons, he will regain parts of his body or his senses back. And so it's basically his journey throughout the lands to kill these demons, restore his body, and um, he's joined by Dododo, who is this thieving little kid who kind of joins him and kind of finds him interesting, ends up kind of becoming his partner because he can kind of make money off of killing these demons for people and kind of barters his, the skills of his of his friend here. So, um, yes, that's the gist of, of Dororo. Of course, this is a series that was um, animated back in, like, 1969. I went for 26 episodes. We're going to get 24 episodes of it this one. Apparently, they finally confirmed that, which I'm sad but at the same time that that's close to what they did before. I do know that they are doing a lot of significant changes to the story, which has been fantastic. Um, I think much to its credit. I know that they had... Uh, Daigo was more about just kind of being powerful, which wasn't much to his story. Uh, Hyakumaru apparently, when he first met Dororo had already met with Mio and had that whole scenario happened, gained his his ability to speak already before he met Dororo and that's kind of an interesting change to it because it's kind of given more credibility to each moment that he gains something. It does have a lot of weight to it. It's like he, it. There's a lot of emotion and, and, and gain to each thing he gets. Getting the ability to hear suddenly is upsetting to him because he's he's hearing a lot of noise. And he doesn't like it. Um, and meeting Mio after having that happen was, was a fantastic little trick to her story. Um, I know that they did expand on Mio's story a lot more than the original uh, the original manga, which has been fantastic as well. Jukai had a lot of uh, added to his story, which is easily one of my favorite stories of the series. Um I think a lot of the changes have been, that have been made to it that I've learned about have been for the better because it seems like every time we watch an episode, it just comes, it seems to want to outdo itself and sometimes it doesn't, but for the most part, it does seem like it does pull that off and I, I kind of get more and more invested in the story. So it's been a lot of fun so far.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, this, that I, I love Dororo. Um, I, I really do enjoy this story that they have, they have built. Um, he is gaining each part uh for has 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 really added a lot to the story him slowly becoming uh more aware of his surroundings the he, earning the t- uh, gaining touch his a ab- bit more mobili- mobility uh the speaking hearing um i'm i'm i can't has he gotten sight yet
0: Mm-mm.
2: yeah i i can't wait until that that moment it's it, it just the things that he's gained so far has, has affected him constantly and, and added more weight to everything that he's doing. Um, the last few episodes have been phenomenal, absolutely digging into this family. Um, I don't want to dig too much into what family, just how, what they've done with that was just absolutely wonderful. Um, sacrifice, um, making a choice uh um they there there's just so much stuff that, that that has been in the the last few episodes by themselves but that doesn't discount the rest of the show like andrew had mentioned jukai's story was wonderful um the, uh dororo's story was wonderful i i it's just they, they're doing wonderful with the story i can't wait to see
1: every week what's going to happen next I think this is a telling sign of the series so far is that every single character they kind of bring up is never kind of a throwaway. They always have some really cool story. I mean, even having a story, uh, this out of nowhere, suddenly you're following this kind of wounded, uh, you know, human life sucking demon who hides away in this village and is kind of taken care of by a guy who ends up changing her heart and ends up changing no, the way actually, that, she's she... vision- that she's seen by, by Dororo, which was kind of like. Okay, that's really cool. The way they kind of take a, a demon that we don't care about and actually making a cool little story out of it.
2: They 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 te- they were saying that technically she was not evil. Uh, not that he changed her. He she she always saved humans lives because humans lives were pre- precious. And and I I really did like that that they did that. They showed that uh Maru doesn't doesn't attack anything that's not evil he only attacks things that are evil and when he looked well, at her that's why he didn't strike
1: her at the end because yeah. it went away because she protected him
2: no she was she was never evil there was another there was another uh demon in the town at the same time
1: no <laughs> that, that's not I, what i got out of it so we'll have to talk about she, it works. okay um but th- that aside it, 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 it's to the point that every single one of these kind of stories has some clip uh some complexity to it to make it really interesting and I do agree, Jukai was easily, like, one of the most heartbreaking and epic stories that they had in it. Uh, Mio's story was was fantastic. I even, I thought that I wasn't going to like uh, Tohomaru, which was the other child. I I literally thought he was going to be some snooty, bratty kid that was going to grow up. Uh, he's going to be the rival to Yakumaru, and they end up making him a likable character. And it's like, yeah, they how, really did. how did you pull this off? I like this character too now. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Just a lot of credits to uh, Tezuka Productions and Mappa. They just, they don't, they've been doing a lot of fantastic things lately. And I think this has been uh, a, just a sign of being able to bring something from such a long time ago. And and this stuff, sadly enough, does age, uh, doesn't age well. A lot of the humor doesn't age well. A lot of the storytelling is very basic. And it seems like they just are stepping it up with uh, these kind of bringbacks of old titles and redoing them and giving them proper treatment for a modern time. And if they can keep doing this stuff, then I will keep supporting them. So, uh, fantastic music, great action. The animation and the action scenes are just fantastic. Uh, cannot say that enough. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun one to review eventually, and we'll just... All over again. <laughs> Even the cursed sword—that was a—that was a cool one as well. Just how Dodo got a, a hold of it, and the guy that was kind of obsessed with it—it's—it's—it is the cursed sword uh, story, but just kind of told in a different light, which was cool as well. So, yeah, can't wait for more. I, I love it, Dodo. And that's all we have. I, I do want to go do a quick spoiler discussion because I have to I have to ask Chris about time stuff. Every time a time thing comes up, I have to ask him about time things. So, yeah, that's all we have for the Winter 2019 anime season. We hope you guys enjoyed this run-through of all these titles. If we didn't hit a title that you wanted to hear a review on, we apologize. Maybe in the future, um, but it stands now. That is our wrap-up of the Winter 2019 season. Hope you guys enjoyed, and you all take care. O. And listen after the credits and you'll discussion about daily life as what well, I was gonna say, daily life is boiler discussion after the credits. So Chris Daily live talked so spoilers full on spoilers for Daily live season three I have to ask it's, this is nothing like crazy I'm not I'm, well we, we will probably talk about it because I do want to get it off my chest um, so yeah spoilers full on spoilers from this point on uh, so you want to talk about this this flip-flop that origami had let's let's get that out of the way first it was literally her being chased down by dudes in suits she goes into an alleyway uh, Ellen, I don't know how she was talking to her. It, it, I don't know if she was talking from a distance because she knocked out the other guys. So I thought she was talking to her mind, but she she is a wizard, so she could be talking to her head. Uh, it's the best wizard ever, apparently. Uh, says, I can give you the power. And she's like, okay. And the guys get knocked out and then she disappears. And then the next time we see her, she's taking Shido off to some warehouse and says, No, I thought I she- forgot that I hate these spirits and I'm mad that I forgot about how much I hate them because they killed my parents and then, full I thought she, on promised, her, I, I thought
2: she promised her information on, on who killed her parents. No. She already knew who killed her parents. No, she didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. She didn't know the spirit. That was the whole thing of the whole, her going into the past. And she found out about the, the uh, phantom. And then she tried to attack the phantom and found out that it was actually her that killed uh, her parents.
1: No, she she always she already knew that Katori was involved because she seen the footage way back in like season season two. She seen the footage because somebody showed her the footage of uh this overview with the, the helicopter was going by and there was this footage of uh Katori standing there in spirit form and so she immediately said it's gotta be Katori. So that's what that's what opened up the entire the I, part of the I don't remember that,
2: I don't remember that in the second season but remember
1: I haven't watched it in forever so but no in this third season like I said I I mean I can probably bring it up and re uh to refresh ourselves but what I remember was literally a cut from she's being chased she's in a, a alleyway she offers her power she she says yes to the guys her the suit. and then the next scene he's going into her Room and she gets, she knocks him out. With, yeah, with, I do, I do remember so. her offering the suit, but
2: I also thought she, she offered, um, uh, information on the, cause like art. I said,
1: she already, or she, she already thought it was Katori that did it, but, um, uh, because I don't remember who, who showed her the, it was, um, no, it was somebody else from, uh, I believe the, the other group showed her footage of, what was fought when they fought when they fought on top of the, the school roof against, uh, uh, Kurumi. So, no, I, I do agree. Is. The, the DEM stuff is kind
2: of really freaking annoying. It's, it's one of those things that is kind of like, I know this is Satellite necessary. Dropping. I know this is necessary because it just has to happen. I, I, you have to have some kind of a bad guy per se, and that's who they technically want to be. So, yeah, I agree. They, they've
1: always been kind of this antagonizing thing. So, my, my, uh, my, I'll, I'll we'll get back to this as soon as I kind of find it because I'm skimming through here. But no, my main, main question was, and I always, like I say I always like to joke about this with you is I always like to ask you, since you, I've, I've created this thing in my head that you absolutely despise any time is involved with things. So, what was your, what was your takeaway from how they use the time mechanic to tell origami story?
2: Mmm, didn't like it. <laughs> it It's kind of this... I like that they did tell the story, and I like the story. I didn't like that, that there was too many loops to solve the problem. And, I mean, you, you effectively had, what, three loops?
1: Um... Yes. Technically, yes. And each, she, time, each time... She went was, back... She noticed that she killed uh, herself. Then she came back as an inverse. Then he was sent back. He seen that she caused it and then rushed. And then she said, well, you can still fix this. Go see my younger self, Karumi. Yeah. And she can send you back again. And then he sent her, he got sent back again. And that's when he changed everything. And they stuck with that timeline. So that was, that was a thing that I had because I technically, I technically liked the initial time loop. Because it's similar to what they did with, um, I guess I can't bring that up because that would spoil that show. Um, it's this element that is at a, it's in a continuous cycle. I like that time ty- that type of time. I don't like the, I don't necessarily like the branching timelines because of time jumping, because that's usually where you start getting really muddled up. But they es- essentially did the whole infinite loop thing where she got to this point in her life where she was a child, parents die and then eventually she would do something to go back in time which essentially caused her parents dying which essentially would cause the next child to go forward in time which would come back and kill their parents again so it was this it's it's a it's a wrapped up loop that happens which i like i'm perfectly fine with that even though it is tragic it sucks <laughs> it's really stupid um not stupid in the bad writing it's just stupid that it would happen to her but it wasn't until they did that second where he came back, seeing the same thing happen, again, finalized that loop that he as a child was there, supported her, and that's why she always followed him. Right. So it, it closed that loop. But the moment that he seen Kurumi the second time, that's when it branched off. And I was really afraid that they would end up coming back from that, fixing it, but they stuck with it, which is surprising. So he did technically change the history. But then that's where the whole time thing breaks because... If he did go back and change time, then why would he've ever existed to have to go back to change time to begin with? That's when you break things. The right? moment you change time from the past, that's when you break the whole existence of the reason mm. that you needed to go back in time to change it. So, yep. so I was I I like I like that they created that perfect time loop because that's always kind of technically soundproof but the moment that you change time that's when you break the entire time element so. and, and, and that, that goes into what I I've, I've said before where just 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 let it be once you <laughs> get it done just be
2: done don't try to over explain things because once you get in start over explaining things
1: that's when you get into way too many problems yeah you 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 had it it was it was nice and tidy and then you had to do the second loop you had to see you had to see the younger kurumi didn't you? you just had to see the younger <laughs> kurumi and that's when you broke everything Oh, uh, man was it this far back i know that she, they found her before that fight because she came in and, and destroyed the second freaking it, it looks like it's right about there it'll probably be just before then four Oh, the, the, the lolly the lolly scenario was actually a lot of fun. And I forgot to mention the review. The last episode was fantastic. I loved the whole half-minute <laughs> break flipping, Shido thing. Yeah, flipping it. That was fantastic. I loved it. So, yeah, I, lo- I like the lolly. All the characters turning to lollies. That was a lot of fun. Even Ellen being turned to lolly. But that last episode, the moment that he walked up to Ellen and like swooped her off her feet, <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. classic. <laughs> uh, totally broke her. Totally broke her. Broke
2: her quick too.
1: Yeah, she was, was all over that. That was good. I want to. I want to see if they they'll Total bring that. You. I'm curious. It's got
2: to be. A, it's got to be just after that.
1: Oh, there she goes. Okay, yeah. So the the suits are chasing her. Looks like you're quite in a predicament. Look around. Five years ago, there was a certain fire in Tengu City. If you do decide to work under me, that information could be released to you. That's what I was talking about. You want to change? You want to avenge your parents, don't you? But what would the what was the information you gave her then? I don't know. Okay, so that's the issue you're having, is <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> Okay, I'll go kill everybody. So yeah, it basically goes from that to her basically going around and destroying everybody. So yeah, maybe maybe they told her what well, she already knew about Katori. I don't know. Like I said, she already knew about Katori way back there. They showed her the footage. That's why she went to attack uh Katori. Oh, I'm trying to remember exactly how But how what did they mix
2: how did they mix that up into it being Katori? I'm sorry. Uh Well, I, I guess Katori was the was the flame.
1: It was at the very end of the second season. That's what it was. At the very end of the second season, it was a whole thing where she was there they had a new suit that she could use and uh he had to kiss Katori to release her power because she was gonna die from what happened at the end of the first season right so he, I he forgot i up, forgot i keep i keep forgetting that katori was in the same the same situation so yeah that so she already knew it was Katori so right. why would she suddenly go oh i hate spirits again none of the she knew everything that we already know so what what did the dm say that changed her mind they never said so yeah just yeah yeah eh. yeah that last Yeah either, either either, way, either way, the, 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 the thing that, that that always
2: bugged me was it, what bugged me about it was that she, like Andrew was saying she was she already knew all this crap she's gone 3 seasons yeah. getting used to the spirits being around her and she doesn't have much of a problem she's with friends it friends with them all yeah they and then suddenly together. Yeah, now DM And right. uh, and now I do agree that she technically has to go after the spirits after making the contract with DEM. I get that. But she totally was acting
1: like she despised them suddenly. Yeah, and she was, was like, going to kill okay, them this
2: all. Is a, this is stupid.
1: And it was, it was no thing like I'm acting like I'm going to kill them to gain. That's what I thought was going to happen. Like she's trying to work into the DEM or something like yeah. that. No, she's literally going to kill these girls. And there's... There's no sign of her regretting Yeah, even even when she pulled Shido off... The, the, taking Shido
2: off to the side was kind of the... I'm getting you out of the way so that you're not in my way when I try to kill these people. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. You're putting him over there so that you
1: he won't interrupt you? Or, I mean, come on. Seriously. I, that was the other reason why I liked the, the last episode. is I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I like origami again. So... <laughs> it tried to it tried to regain my love for origami at the very end origami <laughs> knows how to mess up shido she absolutely knows how to mess up shido a lot of fun that was that was a great last episode it, it like it, it put the little cherry on top and remind me why i like uh day live it was the in daily live always kind of jumping back and forth between that seriousness and that that goofiness and
2: i loved uh origami's spirit by the way I thought it was mm. absolutely gorgeous.
1: Even when she went uh, evil, it was mm. it was really cool. The evil form was cool, but the the, the light form was like it's really a veil. I never liked the veil thing; it's dorky. It was like way out here too. It's kind of like she had a ponytail or something. Anyway, <laughs>
2: oh, something- speaking of which, oh, the, I, the, the the only one that I've never I didn't care for Miku's outfit. I do like Natsumi. I Kaguya and you uh, the twins. I think yeah. they're all right. I, I, and, like, I I'm, I'm mixed on them. I uh, do love Yoshino. I do love I I absolutely adore Karumi. Um, she
1: she just absolutely gorgeous. I love Toca. I've she never had, like that clock coming up, and she calls for one of the numbers, yeah. and each one of the numbers is a different ability. It was really cool when she starts going at it, and she starts going pulls the the smoke in and shoots. It was it's just really cool when she starts going at it and pulling each one of those different clock points. But yeah, Kotori I I loved hers. I've I've always loved hers. Um
2: so I guess that's everybody, huh? Kotori just looks awesome.
1: And once I... she when she gets out there, and it sucks that she has that limit. Like she has this this thing that keeps her from going all out, which sucks because she's I guess they have to give her something because she's like super OP. Uh, but every time she comes out there it's like, "Oh, she's going to wreck something." And then they they send another satellite. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was. Um, I was. It just reminded me. The um, it sucks that they just kind of barely, barely hinted at this other girl, the the Phantom, and I. That's it's one of those things where it's like I oh kind of season four now because I want to know more about this Phantom. Like, is it an originator? Is it the original from the from uh, thirty years ago? Is it how is it tied in with Shido? Um, obviously, it sounds like it was there for a reason. Yeah, and it, it was seems to know. To,
2: it seems to know Shido for sure.
1: Yeah, it's almost like she knows that she needs to create that. She needs to create these spirits. Maybe the spirits are necessary for overcoming something in the future, and this is all something that lays into that. Uh, how maybe it's tied in with the group that Katori's is working for. None of that stuff's really been revealed because we're too focused on DMs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's fighting against Ike. Maybe Ike is another phantom. I don't know. Because that was the other thing I was kind of wondering was like uh freaking out this awesome force <laughs> It seems to be one. it seems to be it seems to be hinting at the idea that Miku was a possessed. She wasn't a, she wasn't always a spirit. Natsumi was revealed that she's not she wasn't always a spirit. And Kotori wasn't always a spirit. So there's three girls that have basically been confirmed that they're not always been spirits. So I'm curious if they'll eventually reveal that Yoshino And the Berserk sisters and Toka and Kurumi have all been girls that were possessed and maybe they just forgot their old self. I'm assuming so. Because Natsumi keeps revealing that she used to be, like, bullied at school. So, obviously, she used to not be a a spirit. She went to school. Miku used to be a diva and she got the spirit. Kotori, of course, the Phantom. So, I'm, I'm curious if eventually... And, of course, Origami now. So, I'm curious eventually if... If there is two ways of becoming a spirit, or if they're going to reveal it, they've all been—I'm going to assume point. that's where they're going to go with it. All been girls at some point, yeah. I mean, because they, they they did that with Kotori.
2: Well, yeah, I, it, it's going to have to be that that way. It's just they haven't—they haven't revealed the other girls' past. Yeah,
1: that'd be interesting to kind of dive into. So,
2: because literally every one of them that I can think of, except for the ones that you just pointed out, I—I've all been handed uh, crystals of some sort. Yeah.
1: All right. I think that's I'm just up. I'm
2: still curious as to exactly how they're going to play up Shido. I think he's going to be the and I, and that's probably going to be revealed with Phantom.
1: Yeah, probably. Something involved in that situation. Maybe he was he was gifted something at that point. I also want to say that I am pretty miffed about the fact that the show opens up very etchy and they stop. Like the opening sequence is Katori jumping up on the bed and just full-on panty shots, and they they rarely ever get to it again. It's they almost like they, they weren't very itchy this season at all. Not that at all. was second season too. I mean, yeah, you had maybe a, a scene where a character has nothing but a towel on or something, or a bikini or a, a, a swimsuit, but yeah, like no etchy so at all. Awesome. And it was it opened up heavy on it, so it's very very confusing that they kind of stepped back on that stuff. So maybe it was maybe it was a bait and switch kind of thing they did. Who knows? All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and love it. Ding 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 wins on the under- oversized bathing suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, baggy swimsuit wins. <laughs> Seriously, Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Instant she got win. To, yeah, she could. good. No, to, she no wins. It was, the, it was the oh, yeah, it was the perception that was the perce- she wins on the perception that there wouldn't be anything underneath it or something like that. Yeah, a lot of fun. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this little quick spoiler discussion of Daily Live Season 3,
2: and
0: y'all take care. Ose. Yuuuutsu ga kaze ni kage 暗らもう閉まる